Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. It's 3.22 in San Luis Obispo, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for those foamy nights and those sudsy days. Joining me, as always, today in Los Angeles is Tess Lynch. And joining us today, a very special guest, our friend Brooke Baker. Welcome, Brooke. Hey, um, I'm Brooke Baker. I'm a writer, I'm attempting to be a writer in Los Angeles, California. Um, and I'm a good friend of Molly and Tess. Yeah, Brooke has been on my other podcast, Molly's Sleazy Friends. She came on to talk about Vanderpump Rules, which we're going to talk about a little bit again today. A lot of things has happened in the Vanderpump verse. Um, but first, we wanted to say congratulations to Emily Yoshida, who is now a married woman. Congratulations, Emily. A blessing on your head. Mazel tov. To see a daughter with. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. We will see you soon when you get back from your honeymoon, but congratulations on uh, doing the thing, doing the damn thing. I think that you were going to explain that Emily and her husband have a podcast connection. It is true. Emily met her husband on our old podcast, Girls and Hoodies, when he was a guest. Real super fans can track down that episode to hear the sparks fly in real time. But also, I feel like I've told that to people, and people get really excited at the idea of a podcast romance. Have there been more? 
Um, Mark Marin uh, reconnected with Moon Unit Zappa on oh. WTF. So, I mean, I believe that Mark Marin interviews his ex girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Mark Marin is DTF. Anyone on WTF? Well, oh, there may be some podcasts where people like have guests on for the purpose of. You know, I think part of it is so. There's three of us right now, and we're huddled around. We're huddled around the, the mic. one mic, and I think maybe it just kind of forces you this intimacy. Like we might all get married by the end of this. Well, there yeah. is something really intimate about talking to somebody just on a mic. Uh, it feels intimate and even more intimate when your faces are all smushed together. <laughs> it feels funnily enough like a like a slumber party. Yeah, yeah. like we're recording this just for fun. <laughs> Like we were all like curled up on the sleeping bags in front of the TV. And yeah. This does feel like we're about to like do a musical number. Um, <laughs> maybe we will. Maybe we will. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a little routine first about uh, the Kylie Jenner leggings that she just wore today because I brought this photo to show the class and everybody was like. <laughs> so we're recording this a week before it will be heard by you. Yeah. These I are- think it's important that we illustrate for your mind right now these leggings. Yeah, somebody tell me what do you think about these leggings that Kylie Jenner just debuted? Well, they look a bit like Spanx meets a wetsuit. They're heavily seamed, extremely compressed through the waist. And I thought they were interesting because they're Alexander Wang. And this weekend, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, the Carters, dropped Everything is Love. And Beyonce shouts out Alexander Wang. And it was the same day that Kylie like wore these. And I thought that was a coincidence or a weird one because Alexander Wang isn't really on the thought Instagram circuit. Like it's all Gucci and like whatever else. Um, and they look really weird on her. They also look like a diaper. I would, I, I'll take a stab. So these are, I would say, an off-white kind of gray legging that goes, it's hard to say exactly where they cut off. I mean, because this is obviously, there's a band. Um, and the seams go straight down the midline and yeah I mean they look like if you were wearing underpants over leggings that were illustrated to almost look like a skeleton um it looks like somebody drew a vagina on top of her vagina I would feel like I was dancing around saying that exact same thing (laughs) this seems now we love leggings here at night call we told you about our love of leggings before but the seams I'm really excited to get into the bike shorts debate here. Oh yeah, Molly hates bike shorts. Oh, I've, I but I like I've been processing my feelings about it all week. Where I'm like, why do I hate it? I don't hate yoga pants. Those are just long bike shorts. And then I heard a woman in a store telling the people at the store about how her boyfriend had objected to her bike shorts. What do you mean? Objected to what? She was like, you know, like men don't understand it's fashion. Like I was gonna, I put on my outfit and I had like these bike shorts and I was wearing them with heels and he was like, what are you doing? Well, fair question. What was she doing? Why? She's not biking in those things. he was like, you look like you just ran a 99K. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, maybe I side with her again because... If that's what you want to wear, I mean, I get it if it's functional. Like my friend, my friend Elizabeth uh, Reincourt sent me a picture of her wearing bike shorts, like to ride a bike in a yeah. bike race. And she I was bikes like, everywhere. I have no problem with that. Pro bike shorts is functional. What about item. bike shorts under a dress or a skirt? Well, that's been big a lot, but it just reminds me of like third grade so much, I think. And of like, I don't know. I'm just like, it reminds me, I was saying of like, 
the kid on the playground that like maybe eats their own boogers, you know, just wears. Whoa, like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! It Why? reminds me of like, that too. My friend always talked about like she's like you know that one weird kid on the playground who just wears like a huge t-shirt and like sweatpants <laughs> and like the, isn't like yeah with our our kid like that. He used to like stand against the chain link fence and just run against it, and then it took us until we were all. 16, 17 to realize he was just like masturbating at recess for like years. I mean, yeah, I grew up like I spent some of my childhood in a very rural area and there was like, we were biking frequently and I feel like you didn't have that many options when it was super hot. You didn't want to wear leggings. Like, but but Kim Kardashian has options and she's still choosing. I get it because it's like it became, I, I don't know if it started in high fashion or if it started like on Fashion Nova, but it just became like a thing. In streetwear, where everybody was wearing bike shorts as, like, a thing. Like, bike shorts and, like, a crop top is, Mm -hmm. like, your look. Right. And it does look good on people who have amazing bodies, like anything does. But the thing that I'm always, like, very stressed about when I see it is, like, can can your body breathe, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it seems to defeat the purpose of shorts to me, which is to, like, be comfortable. Be comfortable and, like, have as much airflow all over your body as possible. And that, I'm always just like... I'm just... They just look like a yeast infection to me. It's very yeasty. Yeah, Yeah. super yeasty. So it's like, I try to avoid things that just look like a yeast infection, just as a rule. It's yeasty season. Well, here's a question. (laughs) Do you guys have any items of clothing that are repellent to you? Is it bike shorts? Or, I mean, is there something else? Oh, wow. You mean that, like, I don't like? That you, you don't like them on other people. You would never wear them yourself. It's like a... It's a... Just let me hear yours. I feel like you have one. Turtlenecks. Wow. Wow. You had that fast. Well, because I was talking about this yesterday with my one of my kids who was telling me that he was like, I don't understand why everyone started wearing these baby outfits. And I was like, What are you talking about? And he was like, They look like what you put babies in. They have they're like pants that go up to your your chest and they have straps and I was like you're talking about overalls and he was like I just see all of these grown-ups these like there's kids in my class and they're like they look they all look like they're dressed up as babies and I was like well they I've actually been considering getting a pair of overalls now I never will they're in vote yeah and I was like I, I would you be embarrassed and he was like please don't do that to me and I was like well I have the same thing not a cowl neck but a tight turtleneck Interesting. I think it makes people look like penises. <laughs> See, I I think I'm pro turtleneck because of Nora Ephron, the double header of Nora Ephron and Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, well, Nora felt bad about her neck. You know, I, I know hate the Steve Jobs turtleneck. Like, hey, boy, that's what I'm talking love, about. Love. But, you know, for some reason, I looked at the picture of Sharon Stone when she wore the Gap turtleneck to the Oscars, and I was like, remember what a huge moment that was? Oh, yeah. That that was like just months of news. <laughs> like she wore a turtleneck. <laughs> Wasn't from the that gap. when she was promoting or had just done Basic Instincts? So everyone had like seen her vagina, and then she was like going the opposite. But don't direction. look at my neck. Yeah, right. Well, sometimes I think that's funny. Tess and I have a long running joke about how the funniest clothing is a turtleneck with like a hole cut out for the nipple. Yeah, just two two <laughs> nipple holes, and that's we didn't we discuss doing this for Halloween? We but we just about never it did. A lot is like why like it's so funny because it would be just like you know. So risque. I wonder when Kylie will get to that. I mean, maybe we can we can push culture in this direction if we just say, like, you want to do something really subversive, 
than dress in a, you know, head to toe well, shroud, but with only your nipples. That's showing. what I was saying also about these Kylie, the Alexander Wang leggings is that what makes them funny again and like acceptable to me is that they look like a jock strap. Yes. And I was like, it's funny for like women to wear jock straps, you know? Keep <laughs> like- everything in place. <laughs> Today's episode of Night Call is sponsored by FabFitFun, a seasonal subscription box for women to discover new fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products. We here at Night Call love FabFitFun. Their boxes deliver full-size products, not trials, and they're all really awesome. They're delivered four times a year, and each box is just $49.99. The Summer Editor's Box is now available, and we're all really excited to receive ours this week. In between seasonal boxes, you can shop the Editor's Box, featuring newly discovered items as well as past favorites. These boxes are a really great value. Many of the products inside each have an individual value that's more than you get for the entire box. Each box is different, but in the Summer Editor's Box, you'll find Yumi Kim Train Case in Periwinkle or Navy, a Hava Mineral Hand Cream, Spongel Papaya Yuzu Box Flower Body Wash Infused Buffer, and one from each of the following sets. Foreo Luna Fofo, or Trina Turk Turkish Towel for select annual members only, Cora's Shower Gel in Japanese Rose, or Tula Dular Phase Skin Reviving Pads for select annual members only, Ish Lip Statement Palette or Dr. Brandt Pores No More Luminizer Primer for all members, Understated Leather Free People Starry-Eyed Travel Mask in Mint or Gray, or Eight Other Reasons Land and Lariat or Perlice Blue Lotus Balancing Moisturizer for everybody, Wish Rice Milk Plus Rose Cream Cleanser or Makeup Drop in Winter Glitz or Magi Sports Trigger Point Ball in a Sky Blue Mesh Bag for everybody. That's a lot of great luxury products for a low price. Sign up today for FabFitFun to get your summer editor's box. Use our code NIGHTCALL, that's N-I-G-H-T-C-A-L-L, to get started, and you'll receive $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com, sign up, and start looking forward to your first delivery. Again, that's promo code NIGHTCALL at FabFitFun.com, F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com, for $10 off your first box, an over $200 value for just $39.99. Once more, that's promo code NIGHTCALL. One of the funny things to me about those leggings is they have a zipper. Like, she's is zipped into them. You can see on the photo. Is it on a the zip. side? Yeah. Oh. Full disclosure, I'm wearing uh, Fabletics leggings Yeah, you're wearing right a now. full Pilates I'm wearing a full, yeah, pl- a full Pilates outfit. I did do Pilates. I earned it, but still, I'm going to wear this for the rest of the day, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going to. you throw a little gap turtleneck on over Yeah, it. done. I'm ready for the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the point of leggings is that you don't have to zip into them. Exactly. But now I'm seeing, like, what if that's the next turn is they're like, now we're going to add a bunch of stuff onto streetwear that, like, formalizes it and it makes, makes it, it uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a really good thing in Sense Magazine that I think I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's S-S-E-N-S-E. Sense. Sense, the Canadian fashion magazine that I've written a couple of things for, they had a really good thing that was a review of the Balenciaga Triple S sneaker, mm. which is like the sneaker that's like a joke about sneakers. They were like, it do, it's like non-functional, basically. They were like, it's a postmodern sneaker, so it's like incredibly heavy. It looks like it's like the ultimate athletic shoe, but it's like too heavy to walk in. So like walking around in it is really uncomfortable and just like... 
but it signifies status also. Well, but wait, don't you guys remember there were sneakers like, oh man, 15 years ago that were super heavy and had kind of curved soles and the whole thing was it was supposed to they were supposed to tone your legs sketch your shape ups yeah there, yeah there were shape ups but then i think that there was maybe i want to say that they were called mbts but i feel like that might be there wrong there was a wave of people being like i wore them my they, mother wore them oh yeah and they weighed a billion pounds <laughs> and you felt like you were on some kind of like a surfboard and lifting your feet was such a chore and of course you got like great calf muscles but right. you were wearing these shoes I mean, all the time the only thing i ever wanted was moon bounce shoes oh, oh yeah yeah never got those. i thought you were going to talk about soaps the skate shoes that allow you to grind on rails i remember oh. those too <laughs> dude great sneaker period do you remember the cape what were they called capas where you could um they had these little like triangular colorful things that you would pop into them so that you could like represent your cheerleading squad I had those Mm -hmm. were you a cheerleader no (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what I really want because I'm like a a closet sneakerhead. yeah uh I just said that out loud now I want to take it back now you're an an out sneakerhead. um But there's like these Nikes that are coming out that are just Nike sandals that have little fanny packs. <gasps> what? Get them. And I just, you just see something sometimes you're like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it can hold anything. Um, I actually, I remember on a podcast, I, I don't know what podcast it was, Molly, but on some podcast you were talking about the Fenty slides that were like satin. Yeah. And you said on the podcast, like they're the ultimate fetish item because they're not functional. Update. I've had mine for a year. And they still look fly as okay, hell. I take back everything I, I just said. wanted. But when I you would, said that, I was like, maybe Molly's right. And my, no, sneak, my I, shoes are going to fall I apart. And they have I was probably more thinking about me and how dirty they would get <laughs> if I wore them outside, which is why I bought the Target knockoff version <laughs> of those slides because I did want them. But I was also like, I can't justify buying these because yeah. I'll just like ruin them immediately. Which is how I feel about the people who have like the white Birkenstocks, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. And that became such a thing. And I was like, who are these people that are wearing white Birkenstocks in like Manhattan and walking around all day and then they like don't just become like disgusting? Yeah. Well, you can magic eraser. I yeah. guess so, that's but I also think feet. it's just like a status symbol of like, I only have to walk from like the cab totally, to right. my Soho penthouse or whatever. The Uber, the Uber black to, yeah. <laughs> to my Soho penthouse. Do you guys wear clogs? No. no, my sister does though. Like how how do people wear clogs? I tried to. Everybody's like, "Oh, everything's better since I started wearing clogs." And I was like, "It hurts so bad <laughs> to wear these people wooden lie. shoes." Do people, people lie. Or do people like it? Do they like the pain aspect of it? They're <laughs> like, "Ooh, it must be working because it's painful." It's it's. I mean, I had such a hard. I had to take them off within five minutes. I was like, I cannot wear these. Have your sister call in and okay. tell us how a person wears she a clog. Wears, um, she, I'm. Okay, so there are two kinds of clogs I'm realizing. My sister has shoes that are the brand clogs that are insane. I'll send a photo for the pod. Um, are we talking about Crocs here? Are no, clogs? no, there's Crocs, Crocs are not clogs. Clocks are like made of wood. Yeah, she, she doesn't yeah. have those. Okay, I yeah. think there are people that are really into the like, you know, oh, I'm so like minimalist. I just like put my feet just need wood. <laughs> to walk across so Scandinavian yeah yeah. it seems like it's part of that Scandinavian thing fetishism also seems like low-key racist to me always the Scandinavian fetishization I'm oh like, what are so? we because it's fucking Scandinavia yeah. like what are we really like fetishizing here you know wood <laughs> yeah I was at um 
Bavel last mm-hmm. night. Is that how you say it? I think so. And it's like a super like Scandinavian wet dream. I will say that it's like really amazing food, but it's fun. Do they serve it to you on like some wood? Oh, the whole thing is wood. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's wood. It's crochet. It's plants. I mean, it's like it's like that Kinfolk magazine. Like the food's good. The wine list is great. Whatever. Didn't like Kinfolk but... magazine turned out to be Mormon. Everything turns out to be Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawson's is well, Mormon. Well, Mormons have great aesthetics, as we all know. Right. Mormon mommy blogs. Maybe we're not trying to be Scandinavians. We're just trying to be Mormons. We're trying to be Mormons. What if we found out Ikea was Mormon? With well, I would hand? not be surprised. <laughs> no, we found out Ikea was made by a Nazi. That was a previous episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, moving on to the brunch lifestyle that you wear clogs to. Brooke, you went to a very special brunch. I did. So last weekend in Los Angeles, West Hollywood, California, uh, was Pride. Um, my good friend was like, do you want to go to Sur for Pride brunch? And I said, not only do I want to, I want to be there first. And so <laughs> we got there at 10.30 a.m. Um, when Sheena, we walked in and it was like Sheena, Lala, um, Katie, and they were all like still doing their makeup and the film crew was there and they were just shooting B-roll. The whole restaurant was like empty. So they were like shooting B-roll of like Sandoval, like making drinks like fast. And like, there was like, they put, they like pushed everyone up to the bar. So it looked like it was packed. And DJ James Kennedy was like so high on pasta. Um, (laughs) and just like DJ, fake DJing his like, his, I don't know, his heart out, but he kept like getting up. He just kept like singing along and like was yeah, DJing. Yeah, you said he had a did a DJ James ghost Kennedy DJ. has a ghost DJ. He, he has like, a ghost. It was like that. Do you guys remember that photo of like Paris Hilton like fake DJing and then there was like the guy picking up? It was like that. There was like a dude that was like actually DJing and then yeah. DJ James. To Kennedy. be fair, a lot of DJs ghost DJ their own mixes. Oh, does do you think DJ Polly D does that? I'm not gonna say no. I mean, you can find you can figure out who does and who doesn't if you watch them perform live. Look at Molly unwilling to offend any DJ by naming names. I'm just going to say, well, I don't know for sure. It's like an allegedly situation. You know what I mean? Like some people pre-program their mixes, especially people who play like big shows like that all the time. Uh, But also, you know, more honest to just have the ghost DJ. Just like personally, I'm going to keep the dream of DJ Polly D alive because like... I was going to say, Polly D might really know how to spin. I think, you know, listen, he has that Italian flag laptop. Like, I think he knows what's going on. We all love DJ Polly D and fully believe that he knows how to beat match. Oh, I would 100% have sex with him. Like, 100%. It wouldn't take anything. It would take no effort on his part. Well, I'm just saying, you know, Nicole called into the pod. So we do have a connection. I saw that. I need to listen to that. I'm a Snooki, tell your aliens to send DJ Polly D to Night Call. Yes. Tell um, Snooki, you can tell Polly D that I have been to Italy. And even though I'm not Italian, I was raised Catholic and I I am DTF. (laughs) (laughs) I I live in Los Angeles. I am easy to find. Um, So I was at this brunch. And so we had to sign releases, so I might be seen, so we'll do an update pod um, in six months when it airs. Um, But it was really amazing. I mean, they shoot B-roll, and we were, like, standing in a lot of shots, so they made us, like, sit down at a table. (laughs) Um, And then we just sort of, like, watched the show get produced in front of us, and I keep joking that it was, like, I'm not joking, it was, like, interactive brunch theater. I mean, you just, like... Jackson and Brittany, who had gotten engaged, I think, like, three days before, were, like, paraded through the restaurant. I was in the shot and in the way, and they had to, like, physically move me out because I wasn't paying attention. And then they, like, walked past me and then, like, went to the back to, like, talk to somebody who I assume was, like, against the 
engagement because like Jax got really heated and people were like recording on their phones. We were told by the producers that we're allowed to take still images but not video recordings. And then there was like a fight in this hallway. And I realized that they all fight in this one hallway in the restaurant because it's really good lighting. Mm. And I was like, oh, no wonder this is where they all fight. They, they do look always so... fight in that one hallway. Yeah. You're right. And it's also because it's like the entrance to the cigarette smoking area. Yeah. And when the show started, they all would go out there to smoke cigarettes all the time. Because they were people who worked at a restaurant and were all on Adderall all the time. Yeah. And we're 22. Was it you that made the joke that like basically these were all people that like if the show hadn't started, they would have realized in the next six months, LA wasn't going to work for them. No. <laughs> well, that's, that is the best thing I've heard. That's my friend, Lauren Hurstick. Shout out to Lauren. She made that joke last night. She's a hundred percent right. Um, so, and they're, what's great about them is I think they all know that. And so they're all like super, like you can go there at any moment and take photos with the cast and talk to them and congratulate yeah. them on their engagement. Like firsthand, like, they're I did the that. Least snobby, not snobby. Reality famous people because they like are dependent on being reality famous to like exist. Hundred percent, yeah. Los Angeles. Um, and Sheena's extensions look worse in person. <laughs> I mean, I you think were saying Sheena should go on Queer Eye. Hundred percent. Like, she needs just like the emotional like build up. Also, yeah. Exactly. Did you watch the like outtakes episode? Mm, I watched the first half of it. There when was he an outtakes episode of Vanderpump Rules that was like just all these other plot lines they didn't air, but you just made me realize also how much they must film mm-hmm. because there was so much good stuff in this episode that wasn't a real episode. And I was like, this, this was just as good as all the episodes. <laughs> Wait, I have to interrupt you guys because I know that I'm not the only person who doesn't watch Vanderpump Rules. Oh. So, Brooke, can you give the elevator pitch for why everyone yeah. should watch okay. Vanderpump? Vanderpump Rules is a show about a restaurant with Hollywood called Sexy Unique Restaurant. Sir Restaurant. Sexy Unique Restaurant Restaurant. Um, <laughs> there, The show started, it was about as Stassi. Uh, Stassi is one of the main, kind of the main girl of this show. But um, Stassi sort of said, like, we're the hottest at the hottest restaurant, like, neither of which are true. (laughs) But, like, that's the delusion that runs the show. And what's great about the show is all of these people were friends before they started filming. So they'll, like, reference shit that happened, like, before they were on TV. Like, they'll reference, like, that fight they got into in Florida in, like, 2004. So that was that was when we only knew of them kind of through Real Housewives, and they yeah. were, like, people were, that... It was a backdoor pilot from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. because it's Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, and the idea is, like... I keep saying it's, like, Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a group of people who, like, basically live together, work together, and love together. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a lot of dating between everybody and then breakups and then everybody... Cheating like, and lying. Cheating and lying. Everybody still has to work together. And because they were all real friends and real... Like, they, they basically all say, like, this is just what we were like. And then we started filming it. And, and then they, had, they were trapped in who the characters that they'd been when they were 22. I mean, yeah. trapped is relative. But I also, would say that they own it and are happy to be in these well, cages. Well, Saucy left at one point, which was actually... But I was saying it was like... It became like it becomes more relatable the more you watch it. I started watching it because I was like, who are these people? I would never care about this. And then I was like, they're just like us. They're all like trying to get by in Los Angeles and like make enough money to pay rent and like stay mm-hmm. here. Uh, and would also, you guys be on a show like uh, Molly? I feel like you would not. I, Brooke, I, I don't know. I feel like oh, I'm a wild not. card. <laughs> but then I've also thought a lot about like the dystopian future, where like you get to like have a house if somebody like films you in it 24 well, hours a day. Oh, just you know? hypothetically, say that someone was like, I'll give you whatever a hundred grand a year. You get healthcare through SAG, which I'm assuming they join Screen Actors Guild. 
And let's get into some guild politics, right? Let's guys. talk guild yeah. politics. But would you? What would you be willing to do under those terms if you were going to be a reality star? Okay, I would not do reality circa Jersey Shore first run. Mm-hmm. I would do Jersey Shore. I would do reality now. So you do like meta, self-aware kind of reality. I would do it now that it's more fourth wall breaking, and now that there's a way to actually make money when you're not on camera, and now that reality stars are not necessarily in the town square to be pilloried, but just sort of accepted as part of like the celebrity class. Yeah. hundred percent. I would do it. Nice. Um, I would never do one of those shows where you have to sign a thing that they can film you 24 hours a day, which is how love and hip hop I think works. Oh really? Yeah. Which is like also why love and hip hop is amazing, but it's like, I wouldn't do that because I would need to have a work life separation. But like if someone came to us tomorrow and was like, Hey, we're trying to make like the real bloggers of Tessa's garage. <laughs> if it were just two friends who smoke weed in a garage. We also like yeah. know that that you're right though, because like we, we couldn't even deal with like being filmed doing a podcast because we are like, well, we couldn't for our current price tag, well, but it's perhaps if somebody wants to film, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards what Brooke's saying. I mean, as long really? as really, well, if it weren't 24 hours a day, yeah. if you could say, Very smart. like I'm on the clock, I'm off the clock. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was a smart caveat because yeah. I think that that's really the trick is that it's performative in much the same way that right. blogging well, was, you know, I think we've talked about this a lot with Vanderpump. Like the thing with the reunion this year on Vanderpump is that like some of the people understand where the line is more than others mm. on that show. And like figure out a way to have the work-life separation. But then mm-hmm. if you have it too much, they threaten to demote you if you're like not doing participating, it, participating yeah. you know? Audio Boom smash hit podcast Mafia is back for season two, taking us back into America's criminal underworld, exploring the lives and careers of the most powerful gangsters the world has ever seen. Through extensive research and eyewitness stories, Mafia reveals what life was really like inside the mob from the people who lived it. Every Wednesday, Mafia dives into the larger-than-life stories of mobsters and introduces us to the key figures who brought them down. In Season 1, we were brought closer than ever to the most notorious mob bosses of all time, and Season 2 is no exception, covering the lives of... Carmine Galante, Alan Dorfman, Santo Traficante, Albert Anastasia... Anthony Spilotro, and Joseph Messino, revealing how they built their criminal empires and how they were eventually brought to justice. Find Mafia on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every other listening destination. I think reality shows have changed so much in the past 15 years and what we expect of our reality stars is different. I was listening to a podcast, um, 99% Invisible, and they were talking about laugh tracks and how laugh tracks were initially brought in to kind of teach people how to watch TV in their homes because it was the first time they were separating from like seeing uh, entertainment live versus like sitting at home. So they were like, now you can, you can laugh like alone. You can like Mm -hmm. laugh along with the audience. And I feel like there was a period of time where we had to learn how to watch reality. And so they didn't acknowledge that it was a reality show and they tried to teach it, teach us like, oh, this is just like a normal show, but it's just like real people. And now I think that wall is breaking down. And so they can be more honest of like, this is what I chose to put on camera and this is what I chose to not put on camera and this is why. And I think like Stassi, a few years ago, one of the reasons she had a big falling out with Sheena is she felt like Sheena 
was spreading around that there was like a sex tape of Stassi and Stassi's like you know why we're not friends like it's about this sex tape which is like a common trope actually in reality shows yeah I was gonna say that's See the, the, hills. the hills yeah, yeah. Um, but you know so I think like now that we as an audience like understand what reality shows are I think it's safer to be a reality star and I think also I mean when you consider that 14 years ago or whatever you know nobody was ta- we, we talked about this I think on the last podcast of the difference between looking at printed photos you know and then the selfies and like mm-hmm. also just being comfortable sharing so right. much with people and then all of a sudden you're yeah. like why is it really something to like feel self-conscious about at mm. this point it doesn't even seem that way right reality is sort of crossing into just like this is like not that much different from scripted programming. It's just that it's more like improv drama, sort of how I think about it. Yeah, and it's on that like incredibly long time scale, the good shows. Like Vanderpump Rules is amazing because it starts out really strong and then it gets crazier every season. Mm-hmm. So at first, all the seasons are about like somebody is accused of having cheated on someone and then the whole season is them denying it and then at the end being like, yeah, okay, I did it. It's like reality show meets Veronica Mars. Yeah, nice. it's a little bit like a murder mystery yeah. of like, you know, did Jax have sex with a girl Spoiler, in Vegas? Yes. Spoiler, always yes. <laughs> um, but then it's like that pattern repeats itself every season and by like the fifth or sixth time that Jax is like blowing a relationship by cheating, you're like really invested in Jax, right, you know? Yeah. And you're like, it's like Don Draper. You're like, is he gonna like figure it out Can he be time? redeemed? Can he be redeemed? Like... He seems really self-aware, too, like, what makes Jax a great character. And there's, like, a lot of, like... Well, how can you not be self-aware, in a way, after that many seasons of watching yourself on television? Because not everybody is, like... But, I mean, you get to see what your arc has been formed as. Right, but if you were Jax and you, like, saw your arc, you'd be like, I shouldn't be on television. Because, <laughs> like, I'm really embarrassing Maybe it's a long con. All the time. I mean, I think it is. Like, the ring he bought Britney... It is worth $70,000 and he paid 50k for it. Like, that's the kind of money these people are making now. They never would have made that legit. But for the show, they sort of have to pretend that they're still struggling, you mm-hmm. know, because that's like how the show works. Like my friend was talking about how when they open Tom Tom, it's like they can't invite Jennifer Lawrence and like Rihanna, who are like fans of Vanderpump Rules, because that'll like break the wall of like, They're dependent on Vanderpump Rules, though. So in a way, because it's not a, you know, it's not like a building block of a career. It's like Mm -hmm. you're kind of locked in. So they are still struggling just in terms of the fact that if they lost Vanderpump Rules. They have to keep the show interesting. Exactly. Well, Tess, you were really excited to hear that your favorite reality show of all time is coming back. Oh, Temptation, Temptation Island. Island. You it know, is? Yeah, yeah, it's coming back. But so it's being rebooted along with Wife Swap and Shipwrecked Island, which is a British, um, it's really Take good. Take off on Temptation? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not exactly. It's not, the, the crux isn't that it's a couple. It's like just a bunch of hot 20-year-olds being like, I'm on a beach. <laughs> oh my God, I'm on a beach. So oh, it's like Survivor, no but just like dating. Survivor, but not not making them do anything. I love Survivor, as everybody knows. It's my favorite show. The, um, you're the last Survivor. I am the last you're Survivor. survivor. The first season of Survivor is maybe one of the best things ever. Abs- I 100% well, agree. the person who kept going even though it doesn't build because it's like new people every season. Mm. You See, know, this is how reality yeah. is changing. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting too is talking about being dependent on a show is Jeff Probst is like the best host of all time and then he went on to host a talk show and I was like oh my god Jeff like put him back on the island it was bad it was canceled like immediately Pass, would you go on Temptation Island no I would never go on Temptation Island so Temptation Island the first season was um 
mark during our, I think, senior year of high school. And, uh, it, it blew my mind that this was on television. Like it really did. It was so, so shamelessly horrible. I mean, it was like, (laughs) we're going to, and especially after a couple was revealed to have a child and they lied about it. And then you look at what was shown on this show and there was like peak amorality where they were really testing the boundaries of what you could do on TV. And like, we always talk about it, but the swan was really the apex. The swan was the reality show where they gave a bunch of ugly women, plastic surgery makeovers. And then they had a beauty contest. Yeah. And it was like the war, and then it ruined all their lives. You know what it? it you know what someone should do? And, and oh god, it's so someone deeply should just, upsetting. Someone should just um, do some kind of a cut on YouTube of the Swan, but with Requiem for a Dream music, because that's like exactly how you experience. <laughs> I remember the, the swan. face on the woman that won, and I, I was like young. Yeah, mm-hmm. we watched it. I remember yeah. also being like, wow, like that was when I thought America was going into the dark timeline. But then there I was like an is. in-between purgatorial period before things got really weird. I don't know if it's like because I was in high school during the aughts, but like I just have such an obsession with the aesthetics of like of like the two girls, one pizza thing or t- in like the um, who's an Instagram person, but uh, like uh, Paris Hilton from back then, and like the Rachel Zoe, like no, that was the thing. It was like I thought it couldn't get worse than that. I no, was yeah, just like oh, all this empty consumerism, and then I was like, you know, what's worse than that is like white supremacy. Just, but also, I never thought that we would get to white supremacy. Paris really Hilton, didn't. I was also like, there's like video of her being racist. Like, why are we letting this person be famous just because they're rich? Like, it makes no sense. It was all like a dry run, I yeah. guess. Oh my god, maybe a wet run. <laughs> R.I.P. America. I know. Well, yes. and then there was like, we had the writer's strike, and so then reality shows blew up, you know? Yeah, that's right. That was why reality shows blew up. Yeah, people, don't, didn't have people to... don't talk about that enough. And that's well, also... Well, because they didn't have to pay the writers, because reality shows like do have writers. Yeah, they just were, like, they just, they're in a different guild. Yeah, doesn't count. It's so fucked up. And that was also, 2007 leading mm-hmm. into the writer's strike is the summer of Britney Spears losing her mind publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the beginning of the fall of Lindsay Lohan, like a lot of things happened in 07, a very important year. We're going to look back on it. Yeah. What was it now? Like 11 years ago? I, I can't believe, you know. I'm we just, should do a 2007 But we should also episode. just. Yeah, we should. We should also just be proud of Brittany for. I love Brittany. Love Brittany. She looks really happy with her yeah. personal trainer boyfriend. Yeah. And she's painting a lot. She's painting. And she I love loves her painting. And she like loves her yeah. kids and wears funny outfits and yeah. models them. She's yeah. perfect. We're going to talk about vaping for a second as a lead into a segment about jam bands because I feel like those things are connected. Do you guys have feelings about vaping? So this is... All right, listen. So I've been like off and on smoking for like a billion years. And I keep quitting and I'm about to quit again after having fallen off the wagon. I'm like a... Most people who know me don't know I do because I do it like during like specific times. Um, But I obviously hate that I do it as I think most everybody does. Um, So in the past, when I've been like leading up to quitting, I have tried vaping and I hate vaping. I hate it. Why do you hate about it? The plastic element, which is psycho, because I'm like, it must be so unhealthy. Like, forget <laughs> it. Uh, but it is strange to be like, I'm feeding. cigarette comes from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, because there's something about heating up plastic and having it be kind of like a rogue industry where they're like, anything's better than the old school way. So just don't worry about it. I got a really cheapy one. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to quit like over the weekend, but to like, I'm not going to buy any cigarettes. I'm just going to like vape and then I'm going to quit. 
And it was like a week of me just like staring at this thing, being like, what is this thing? I don't know what it is. And then sucking on it, I was like, it feels, there's like an element of like putting a toy in your mouth, like did a you, cheap plastic did toy. Did you watch True Detective season two? I tried, Molly. I tried my best. There was a part where one of the characters says he doesn't like vaping because it's like sucking a robot's dick. If it were a robot's dick, it would be metal. And in a way, I'd be better with that. But it's instead, it's like Barbie's leg or something. Right. It doesn't seem good to heat up plastic. That's what I'm saying. for any reason. Not like it's good to light a bunch of stuff on fire and suck smoke into your <laughs> lungs. But at the same time, it's like, I feel maybe vaping has advanced. I'm like... Yeah. It's always advancing. That's what's scary about it. They're constantly updating the technology. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I smoke weed vapes. And I've totally like gotten a million different kinds because the technology has updated so many different times in the time since it first became a thing. And every time I'm like, this seems kind of unregulated. And like, uh, you know, if they're tomorrow, like this kills you, we'll all be like, yeah. well, we didn't know. <laughs> also so different like if you if you smoke weed and then you vape using one of those pens it's like a different sensation where you're like I'm not stoned I'm not stoned and then you leave the house and you're like oh I was super stoned but it's a totally different sensation yeah Gia Tolentino wrote a really good article for the New Yorker about jewels and like the cult of vaping um that was mostly about like kids vaping and how the kids love to vape and you can't stop them from vaping and I was like, of course they love to vape for the same reason kids love to smoke cigarettes. It's because adults don't want you to. And especially with vaping, it's like they can do it anywhere. Well, and we were talking about this. So as like as uh, the listeners may have noticed, I am watching the new season of Jersey Shore. And um, so I haven't watched MTV in years. And they have the anti-vaping ads like ev- all the time. Do they make you want to vape? 100%. They said that there's one that tastes like Cap'n Crunch. Yeah, that's the thing. That and I was like, what the fuck? That's everything I've ever wanted. Yeah, like the ads, the anti-vaping ads that they put out are like uh, supposed to get you not to want to vape by being like they're advertising these to kids. And kids are going to like get if they have a campaign called uh, Flavors Hook Kids. That I saw flavors the, hook me. Yeah, I, I saw the billboard and I like almost took a picture of it because it was like it was like vapes with like vapes as an ice cream cone and then mm. just like ice cream on top. And all of the ads are like that. They're like a vape with like a cloud of cotton candy coming out of it. I was like, these are the best vape ads I've ever seen. Honestly, yeah. these are gonna do more to get kids start vaping than like any actual and vape like, ads. When I was in high school, I smoked cloves because I didn't like... Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. The cloves like tasted like so good and that's like what vaping is now, I think. Because it is a rebellion but it's that's like drinking when you're young. It's and just it's- a rebellion and like the fact that adults hate it and that adults want it to like be gone yeah. is of course gonna make kids want to do it more. Totally. And like my friend who's a teacher at a high school was saying that like all the kids do is vape during their breaks, you know, and that he just makes fun of them by being like, hey, you guys vaping some fat clouds. <laughs> just to like mock them and they're like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like I, I personally find the flavored vapes really gross. They remind me of like flavored hookah kind yeah. of. Ugh. You know, it's like. Oh, I fuck with that too. Really? I'm disgusting, yeah. No, totally. I'm so, I'm, I'm into this. I'm like, Brooke. I know. Multi-layered. I know. No, no. I grew up in like trashy white, <laughs> like white trashville USA. So like I have a lot of trash. That's Were you drinking thing, Fresca? Like, 
Um, no, I've never really been a soda person because I've also always been like California. Delicious flavored vapes. Yeah, it's like all the sugary. There was a time when I was cloves. Yeah, cloves, cloves. I love cloves. Um, for a while I was drinking Fresca and going Fresca vodkas and hookah. I think that's like just the worst. Like before I die, it'll flash. Raspberry vodka gives me like full on like. 2005 visceral bad flashbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing of like, I don't know. I'm just like, am I being a libertarian if I'm like, don't, you can't <laughs> ban flavors? Like, what's the point? Like, the genie's out of the bottle. And also, like, all these people make like homebrew vape juice. So even if they really? do ban flavors, I feel like there will still be people being like, Yo, I've got the cotton candy. Oh my Speakeasy. god! Speaking of 2007, remember when there were all those gossip stories about everybody doing like blow cut with strawberry quick? No. Oh well, because Diane Feinstein didn't she recently uh, like <laughs> That's last the best. year? Diane Feinstein getting super lit on strawberry, <laughs> strawberry quick, quick coke is the best thing. I would vote for her if she did that. Well, I feel like last year she was like everyone. We have a lot of problems, but right now we need to really worry about the strawberry quick cut with drugs. What? And she got made fun of also by me. I took it. A, I was like, I care about this cause. Where I was like, just. It's not a real thing. Like, Snopes looked into it. Yeah. It's not real. Well, I mean, it was a real thing with, like, Lindsay Lohan and people who were, You can like, put whatever you want in your drugs, yeah. but you're not like, I'm going to market this yeah. meth to children by making it taste yeah. strawberry. Yeah, and where are all those... I know that this joke has been made, but where are all those drug dealers that are giving me free drugs to get hooked? I Amen. never met that person. No. Well, you know... Don't look for us standing outside the playground handing out the vapes or anything, <laughs> but, you know, I gotta, I gotta side with the kids that vape. It seems like there are less downsides than, like, regular smoking. Yeah. I guess the idea yeah. is to, like, get kids, like, hooked and then they buy the things forever, which is still, you know, bad. But, um... <laughs> There was the main thing I saw that was from Gia's article was that you can get something called popcorn lung. Ooh, which, what's that? Well, what I envisioned was much worse than what it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm envisioning like I'm envisioning like your, lungs yeah. made of popcorn, but yeah. it's actually, I, I think it's like the thing you would get from being in a movie theater lobby that had the like coconut oil haze in the air oh. all the time where it's just like your like lungs get clogged with oil. Uh, but Does that happen? It like, happens with like some bad vapes, I think. But are much like, are like movie theater employees like at risk? Yeah, that was like another like eighties news story. I feel like where it was like people are getting popcorn lung from like working in the popcorn. <laughs> Hashtag the Reagan era. Yeah, that's why they stopped. <laughs> Real problems. That's why they stopped having that butter. Wow. Wasn't that called Whirl? That was in the cafeteria oh, at yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, stuff that burnt doesn't burn. It's, it's palm like oil. It doesn't burn. Oh, yeah. Wow, that that's you can so heat to a super high up. temperature, but then it's like in the air or something. Guys, speaking of something in the air, speaking of hazes in the air, um, we were going to take a night call. Hey, Molly, Tess, and Emily. Um, this is Mike Ferguson. I was just calling to reference for the night call pod the conversation we were having on Twitter about fish and the Grateful Dead. And I want to hear opinions. I'm curious what people think about it, if there's been an impact. Emily, if you like it or hate it or are unexposed to it, the real question I have is if you were to introduce somebody to either band, what song would you choose that would lead them to listen to uh, a lot more of that band? And part two of that, what song would you choose if you were going to play something uh, for someone who had never heard Grateful Dead or Fish and get them to never listen to another Grateful Dead or Fish song? Uh, hope you're well and looking forward to it. Bye-bye. 
Uh, we've been wanting to talk about jam bands for a while. Tess and I have a lot of feelings. Well, my my first feeling is fuckfish. So much. Uh, and uh, the Grateful Dead are great. Tess, what about you? Do you like when someone exhales like that on a podcast? You exhaled like you were Drake about to... To tell me you're upset. Sometimes my cat exhales like that when yeah. I'm approaching him because he knows I'm about to attack him Disdain. with love. Disdain. Yeah. Just, so I got into fish in high school. That's when everyone gets into fish. Um, it's hard to know that you don't have a leg to stand on. You know what I mean? Like, I can't defend them, but I like them. I also love the Grateful Dead. Similarly, there are so many... I, I think I talked on Twitter about this. So Molly's dad is a really big deadhead. Both your parents are deadheads. Yeah. Yeah. More your dad. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad family, would play. My, my uncle has, is on like a, a dead radio show. We are deadheads in my family. Yeah. It's not that I reject fish because it's like they're, they're newer. It's just because they're bad. They are bad, but they're also good. It's one of no, those things lyrics, in life. Their lyrics make me feel like worms are like crawling all over me. They have the most embarrassing lyrics of oh, all time. They're so embarrassing. But you can't explain if you're into fish. There's, you know, the lyrics are embarrassing, and you've been through that embarrassment internally and processed it, and it's come also, out being like, it's all right. Hard to explain why like one is good and the other's bad because it's like I understand why they're superficially similar, but it's like. It's like South Park and Family Guy, yeah. you know? It's oh, like, interesting. It's like, no, it's just, it's different. It's like one, they're good musicians and like their bad singing is good. And Fish, I just, even their good singing is so bad. I found this. I was looking at like really hot takes on Fish. So you have to, if you haven't already watched a short video called What Fish Sounds Like to People Who Don't Like Fish, um, Gawker reposted it in 2010. And it's just this mashup of concert footage with like isolated instrument snippets and vocals that just sounds like if you had like a toddler in a room with like a bunch of kitchen stuff that and is a what piano. It to be honest, it's, that is what it sounds like. A it's little like, bit. You yeah. have to earn the noodling. You can't just like start from outer space. You have to like start from Earth. Says who? Says the jam band decider that is me. I mean, I think to answer Mike's question about what song would you play to make someone be into this band and against this band, like, I'm curious what you would say I for mean, Grateful... I for know you can't Dad, name a fish song. I can name several fish songs. Like what, I Molly? I could unname them. <laughs> Welcome, This Is Our Farmhouse. That's the, I think the name is Farmhouse, right? Isn't the album called Farmhouse? The album's called Farmhouse. I like owned a fish album because I wanted to like fit in uh, and I threw it in the trash because oh. it was trash. Still, Did you have Lawn Boy? I uh, know. I hate that. You're just like, you're looking so disgusted right now. It's because it, again, it's like, I can't fully articulate why like, why it's bad and the Grateful Dead are good. Because again, it's like, it's the same kind of like fan culture, I guess, but, you know, one thing we can all agree on is that uh, the Dave Matthews Band. Garbage. No, they're good. They're good. They're, they're fine. They're kind of okay. They're oh, fine. my God. It's, you have to go this through. Is, this right? is not my wheelhouse. Yeah. I will say my two favorite flavors of Ben and Jerry's are Cherry Garcia and Fish Food. There you go. Um, and I really loved the finale of Freaks and Geeks where she goes yeah. on tour with the dead. So the 
being a deadhead has always been an aspiration of mine, but whenever I've started a song, I just immediately switch to Nicki Minaj, <laughs> and that's just my truth. Well, you're like a more of a club kid. I'm like a basic bitch from California. No, no, you're, like, you're, you're specifically a club kid, which I feel like is like adjacent to being a deadhead. It's just a totally different style of music, but okay. it's still about like late night psychedelic Thanks, Molly. Vibes. It's true. I mean, we did meet in the club. We met in the club. <laughs> Brooke and I are friends from the club. From the club. <laughs> um, well, that's what I like about it in theory is the idea of like everyone's your friend at the dead show. And that is what I liked about that Freaks and Geeks episode, too. I also love that whole thing where the hippie girl that becomes Anna on the OC and she's mm. like, I wish I'd never heard American Beauty so I could like listen to it for the first time. Yeah, like I've always like wanted to be that person, but then it's just I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I mean I like lots of other music and I don't think I could subsist on a diet of like pure jam bandery. No, mm-hmm. never. You have to you add it in when you're in the mood. It's like a, a good driving, like if you're having a thoughtful drive. Yeah. Sometimes. Like my thing about Dave Matthews band is I just feel like they were like our journey. It's like, mm. it was like mandatory to yeah. like go see them for, you know, which is why I think Walsall and Ladybird people were so like ready for that. Cause it was like, if you grew up in California in a certain time period or like any kind of like, I don't know, any suburban place, I guess it was yeah. just like. That's what everybody liked. It I mean, it's weird... not that it's not embarrassing to acknowledge how many Dave Matthews concerts you went to, which I think, like, we're talking double oh, yeah. digits. We went to me. we went to see some Tim Reynolds yeah. solo. Oh my god! I'm just outing us as some true DMB yeah. heads. But then you go through the period of extreme <laughs> self loathing where you're like, yeah. "No, I never did," and then someone finds your case but logic, and they're like, "You like, did, if you, <laughs> if you did." If we're gonna redeem it now, like, it's actually like you know, it's a pretty a, a better band than Fish, obviously. Look, but with Fish, I mean, uh, there are just times when you feel, when you have silly moods. That's why you can't hate Fish, is because well, they're silly people. You know, Jake Hang was making a argument on Twitter the other day that Fish aged better than Pavement, which I think also is what spawned this. Well, Pavement, I mean, Stephen Malkmus, we went to a Stephen Malkmus concert and he just seemed like so upset to be there. Like he was yeah. such a grump. And I was like, you know, that's the thing about a fish show is it's all about just like, you know, being in a certain mood, like a jelly bones mood. Jelly oh, bones. Look, I love, I, love je- that. I love a jelly bones mood. Dinner but... in a movie. I think I just want to watch you. D- I don't know anything, but I want to watch you do covers of this, I think. Oh, I'd love to cover a fish. <laughs> My musical talents. I'd like to like build an ideal sort of like lot scenario because I'm a big fan of like imaginary commerce of the Grateful Dead lot universe. You know, people make like bootleg shirts. I like all the bootlegging. Uh, Do you have a favorite, a favorite song of the Grateful Dead's? No, man, you know, there's too much. (laughs) I have to say that if I were going to make someone not like the Grateful Dead, I would play them the um, version of St. Stephen that was on your dad's bootleg where it sounded like they were just like, (laughs) it's like the the vocal equivalent of if you're stumbling around in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, I should admit that I like also don't have a leg to stand on with some of my Grateful Dead fandom, but like... Because some of my arguments are like, yeah, you know when they fuck up the harmonies really bad? Really it bad. Just, like sounds so human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They're not going to nail it every time, even when they're flying high on a unicorn. I'm just saying. That's so funny. I love that. You know, it's like, well, because we did a pod about goths, and I was like, I always wanted to be a goth, but I'm just like such a hippie. And like my friend, Caitlin, my friend from elementary school, she was like, you were kind of like, 
Topanga from Boy Meets World on like the early Boy Meets World yeah. and she was like the girl who wore like a big earth t-shirt every oh day. And yeah, I was before like, she turned t- into like business suit Topanga. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Before she turned into into hot Topanga. Yeah. You know? But you're also just Lisa Simpson. Well, we're all Lisa Simpson. Yeah. This is a Lisa Simpson hot. <laughs> it is, yeah. We're just like different versions of Lisa Simpson. We're all Lisa Simpson in that episode where they go to the beach for the summer and she like wears a tie-dye shirt and follows the Grateful Dead. Yep. Away. I guess every like smart girl on every TV show is said to like the dead. It's like every smart girl in every TV show is like trying to like be less neurotic and yeah. more more loosey goosey, and that's what's good about the jam band culture. I mean, the good thing about jam band culture too is that I feel like there's something where it it has been inaccessible to women at times, you know, like almost everything. Um, but when you get into fish and like you're not doing it as a like you realize how embarrassing it is, but it just feels good. I think there's something that's very You've made me empowering. come Tess, fish mom. Fish mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you fish mom from now on. Do because it. Because you know what? You're right. There comes a time when you should not care what other people think about what music you like. And that time is definitely now. And uh, pro fish mom. Yeah, I feel like that's an important moment for everyone to just like own what they actually listen to and stop like trying to be cool like I was listening so on some Spotify playlist it like My Girls by Animal Collective came up and I think someone made the joke on Twitter a while ago that like My Girls ruined music and I was (laughs) listening to it and I was like oh like I don't have to ever pretend to a dude ever again that I like Animal Collective do you not like Animal Collective? No they're fine but when I was like in high school I was like I'm like obsessed with it but I was literally only listening to Snoop Dogg like 100% (laughs) but to every dude it was like I love the books but like no I didn't Uh, Animal Collective a very jam band possibly a jam band yeah. Let us know whether you think Animal Collective are a jam band and what it means to be a jam band today and a fan of jam bands. Um, I feel like Post Malone is a little bit like inching into jam band just with his general aesthetic, Ooh. you know? He looks like a guy that sells t-shirts and a lot. What did Post he just yeah. get tattooed on his face? Um, always Tired, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, That's a very jam band tattoo. There was yeah. also, this is maybe what made me think of jam bands, was that there was a news story that a fan of his did a meet and greet and passed out from smelling him. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so a fan of his, a fan of his inhaled his musk. Couldn't oh, take it. Yeah. Couldn't take it. So upsetting. Um, so that's probably the downside to the jam band lifestyle. The, the scent. smells. The smells. Mm. The general smells. Um, let us know your thoughts on smells at 240. Oh, I love this spot. Wait, wait, for real, let for us know real, your thoughts know on your smells. let us know your thoughts on smells. Questions about smells. Yeah. Uh, thoughts about jam bands, Vanderpump rules, leggings, jock straps, uh, podcast-based romances. And also email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Give us a call, 240-46-NIGHT. And also, if you want to follow us, Wherever we go, on Instagram, we are Night Call Podcast, on Facebook, Night Call Podcast, and on Twitter, Night Call Pod, just to make sure you're listening. I'm sure there's probably a Night Call Podcast now on Twitter. It's trying to steal all our listeners and lead them down into the dark web. Don't do it. And if you're intellectual dark web? Yes, of course. (laughs) Everybody, vape a fat cotton candy cloud to some sweet, sweet jam bands. And go watch the ape shit video because it's cool. Yeah. Nice. 
Bye, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much, Brooke. This was awesome. This was really fun. Thanks for coming. See you not next week. We are taking next week off, and we will be back the following week. More night call pod. Night Easy calls. for me to say. I've been jam banding too much. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.